Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The one and only Sausage and Egg McMuffin from McDonald's. With a freshly cracked free-range egg, perfectly seasoned sausage, and oozing cheese. Mm, that's unreal. What she said. McDonald's. Breakfast done properly. Welcome along to episode 65 of the bloodandmud.com podcast, your sweary pipe bomb of rugby knowledge and the sporting chat that punctuates your week like a misused apostrophe. <laughs> Welcome to our listeners, old and new, as we invite you into the warm embrace of our barely conceived misanthropy with a sprinkling of Ross Moriarty love. Although we're not talking about him much this week, but it's always there. No, I it's was devastated he was injured on the weekend, by the way. Yes. Genuinely devastated. Let's hope that it's... Uh, not too much of a problem. I am, for those of you who don't know, uh, Lee Calvert, the editor of bloodandmud.com, and that gentleman over there is... Uh, I am Josh Gardner of rugbyshirtwatch.com. I said... always forgot the name of my own fucking website there. That was well, good, that's, it? that's some jaded shit right there. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> we all get there sometime. Yeah. So uh, if you want to get in touch with us and the website that Josh can't remember, you can get in touch with me at Blood and Mud on Twitter or bloodandmud.com and all the other things associated with that. And Josh, where can people get hold of you? Uh, at Josh Gardner or indeed at Rugby Shirt Watch or uh, rugbyshirtwatch.com or Instagram, your Facebook, all that bollocks. You know the deal. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Um, this pod is available on Acast. It's available on Apple Podcasts, formerly the artist formerly the podcast formerly known as iTunes I think is basically what you need to know why not subscribe while you're there and that way we can as Morrissey once said in while you sleep we can creep into your mind like a bad debt that you can't pay take the easy way out and give in and while yes. you're there think, <laughs> thinking or dwelling on that thought um, you could maybe leave us a review now last week we had some 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 um, questioning review, shall we say? Yeah, it honestly um, felt. I respect. I'm sorry you feel that way. I felt like saying, but yeah, they they weren't very well put forward. Yeah, they were a little bit uh, towards the saltier end of uh, um, our oeuvre 
yes and we certainly can't complain about that given what we do but yeah so obviously we just said that and i wasn't asking anything now here's the um so thank you very much all you listeners out there who have sprung to our defense magnificently this week leaving lots of lovely new facts in our reviews (laughs) what i did like is remember last like we meant it this way but we honestly we didn't didn't. honestly we didn't um what i do like is remember when we said last week look as long as you put five stars and you can write whatever you want Oh, absolutely. That's, well, that is the rules. Yeah, well, call us call us anything, all of the C-bombs under the sun. If it's five stars, that's all the algorithm cares about. Well, Ian B from Edinburgh left a review entitled, Give us five-star rating and you can write whatever you want. <laughs> then five stars. And then simply left the um, first verse lyrics of Hooked on a Feeling in wow. the comments. I mean, Literally, I, including, yeah, including the... Oh, youth- Doing the Uga Chakas. Even including the Uga Chakas, oh, yeah. Hey, Uga Chaka, Uga, Uga, Uga Chaka, etc. Right to that you're in love with me at the end. Oh, I mean, that's probably my favourite review we've ever had. <laughs> it is, yes. Yes. Um, but we also, we've had a few, but I'll, I'll, read, I'll, I'll just read this one for now. Calling us the French scrum half of podcasting. Which I'll take was, that as a compliment. Yeah, which is from the Lancaster Cat. And he says, there are two times, it could be he or she, I don't know. The person says, there are two types of <laughs> there are two types of English rugby fan. One believes it's the greatest of all sports, most holier of all things, complete with its own exceptionally fun way, see banter, of viewing the world, and oddly loves James Haskell and Andy Goode for the Lions jokes. If you're one of those, don't listen to this pod. If you understand professional union is a flawed beast that you can both love and despair simultaneously, that games can be valued by the quality of the shirt or mascot as much as anything else, that Saracens are the Borg, the CPC is the greatest of shames, that Welsh rugby is by and large going terribly, and there is no way to not crush hard on French nines, then this is for you. Die young, die young, die young! Exclamation mark. <laughs> Which I think okay, is one well, of the favourite... Now that, that person gets it. Yeah. <laughs> that person oh, yeah. gets it, and he also oh. gets this. a bit long for a jingle that really it's about nine seconds it, long but, I, I, I think i enjoy every second of it but though. the guitar run at the end is too good it's not too to, good. to edit out so thank you very much for everybody who sprung to our defense this week that wasn't what we were looking for but we do like you very much for doing it uh right what have we got coming up this week well coming up this week we've got a bit of news we're going to talk we've got another player spotted sent to us by one of the lo- lovely listeners out there We've got another 15 we're going to select. So we're going to talk about what we learned from the weekend. We've got another, yet another update in the shitwatch world. Another trip to the rugby reality TV vaults. And we'll finish on shit good, as usual. How does that sound? What more sound? could you ask for? What on earth more could you ask for? Well, you can ask you for lots. more, but you're not going to get it this week. I'll well, tell you that. exactly. So let's talk about very quickly some news. Uh, Fafter Clerk has signed for sale, is the latest news today. Didn't he? Didn't Steve Diamond say something along the lines of we're not shopping in Aldi anymore? Yes. Which is a, a bit offensive to Aldi. Quality croissants. <laughs> it's quality, true, yeah. Well, I prefer Lidl. I don't, I'm sorry to go into it. Lidl has a better bakery than Aldi, I will say. That is true, actually. In that fact, Aldi true. doesn't have a bakery. Not the one where is I not? live. Not oh, the one I live near. Lidl does. Oh, well. I don't understand, yeah. Same yeah, colours. It's, all, it's German. all German to me. It's all German and blue and yellow to me. Yeah. So yeah, so Fafter Clerk goes to sale. So 
well, if one was being cruel, you could say, well, there goes his career then. Well, it's like his Springbok career. He hasn't got the requisite caps to be The Springboks doing that? You've got to have X number of caps to be selected now? I think they probably have. I can't remember. I don't know. I'm sorry to not be very knowledgeable on these things, but I don't know. Um, although, just, to be fair to him, with that 80s not... bleaching hair of his, he will blend in absolutely oh, perfectly yeah. in Withenshaw. Yeah, oh, massively so. I hadn't even thought of that. Like, he's he's basically going to blend in, in Manchester in general, let's be honest. And if him, let's face it, Sale and Gloucester, not hugely far away. Like, I mean, they're not close, but they're not Cape Town and Gloucester far away. There is more <laughs> chance than ever that Richard Hibbard and Fafta Clerk are just going to bump oh, into yeah. each other. And nobody will be able to tell the difference. He can do that We're Brothers thing. Yeah. We've got different accents because one of us grew up somewhere else. Yes. Like Jean-Claude Van Damme in Kickboxer, which never adequately explained why he's got a French accent and his brother is from (laughs) Brooklyn. Or indeed, uh, The Parent Trap. No, I think uh, you're showing your young age there. With Lindsay Lohan twice. Ah, Um, right, okay. uh Um, Yeah, I've I've shown a lot of things there and not just my age. (laughs) Um. <laughs> <laughs> I do give myself away too much, yes. So, yes, if after um, clerk's off to sale, he'll blend in very well. He will. Um, I mean, pretty fair play, you know. What were they going to do to replace Mike Phillips? Uh, somebody with more ridiculous hair than him. They basically, and it's a, a quite an extreme shift hair wise from Peter Stringer as well. But not enough, not, not quite the same raw sexual chemistry. Oh God, no! You know, as 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 Mike, as Mike, but who has really? Who would they who have was? to sign? Genuinely, who has? Who might have left it like nineteen eighty eight Kim Bassinger to to somehow? Which is yeah. fair. Fafterclerk does look a little bit like that, but also like Sharon from EastEnders, so that would put you off. Yeah, I mean, it, if you, it, it's not the weird love child that I ever expected to see on a rugby field, but <laughs> yeah, right. So that's that news. Other news in the hunt for Dave Ellis. Is perhaps been solved. Oh, good God. Well, somebody found him. Dave Ellis found, exclamation mark. Joe Tarring and James Parker today both pointed out that um, Gavin Mortimer on Twitter has confirmed oh. he's been he's been spending a season shouting at Carl Ferns at Lyon, among <laughs> other people. Well, I, that genuinely sounds like something that he'd do for fun. It doesn't it? But the rumour this morning in Mid-Olympique, apparently, is that he's on his way back to France as a coach. That can only be bad news for everyone that isn't France. Yeah. Because when they were good, good he was coach. front and centre, wasn't he? Yeah. And he, they were always good at defending. And they're still good at defending now, even though he's not there. Hmm. Final, so we found him, and that's good news for everybody. Dave yeah. Ellis in particular. Uh, Mike Brown is not happy is another piece of news this week because he's not been picked for the Lions now what's your view on this Josh I'm going to say something that I never thought I'd think actually say but I am bang on Mike Brown's side here yeah I didn't I I don't know how he got here either do we need were you meant to say that because we can stop and start recording again are you sure that's what you meant to say (laughs) We're early enough to start again. Yeah, I mean, it, I, the words felt strange coming out of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to tell a lie, but um, no. I, yeah, I thought it was a bit weird because the Telegraph, I think it was. It was a Telegraph, yeah. Ran with the headline of, you know, Brown slams. Slams, Gatland, yes. Mark, slams, Mike Brown yeah. slams Warren Gatland. 
Various other papers then picked up on the theme of Mike Brown basically is saying that, you know, the, 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 under the very obvious headline was basically you'd think you'd expect that Mike Brown was saying that Warren Gatlin was a fucking idiot and he's going to regret not picking him, yada, 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 yada. No. You look at his actual words and he's just like, well, I'm very disappointed about it, but you can't let the opinion of one person, you know, yeah, totally totally ruin your confidence and um, yeah but jamie o'connell got in touch on twitter and pointed out you know the headline says mike brown slams gatland and what mike brown actually said was i didn't take it well yeah and, and i wouldn't have expected him to no he said i Egg. thought i'd worked pretty Special. hard since 2015 and so i didn't you know i thought i, would, I was in with the shot so i didn't take it very well yeah and uh, fair, i wouldn't expect any player to take it well I certainly wouldn't expect Mike Brown to take it well. Yeah, that's the other thing you see, because if the Telegraph had just written the headline, Mike Brown doesn't take something very well, yeah, people wouldn't have read that, would they? Because that would have been, yeah, so what no. fucking else is new? Yeah, like, yeah, that's Thursday. Well the, done. The thing with Mike Brown is, he's irritating, and he's the way he is, but what I like about him is, is that he does have a long history and continues to at least answer the questions that are put to him in a way yeah. that perhaps... All of us would. Massively so. And he, give, and he clearly gives a fuck. It bothers him and matters to him in a, a wearing his heart on the sleeve kind of way. You know, I find him a profoundly objectionable player because yes. he annoys the shit out of me. However, you can't deny that he doesn't give his all and there are yeah. no airs and graces about him. And that's Even part of why he's annoying, but that's part of yeah. why you can't expect Mike Brown to, you know... To go, oh, well, you know, disappointed, obviously, but really thrilled for the lads that got on the trip, <laughs> and I'm just focused on England now. Well, he kind of, he did oh, say that. He said that he as well. Did, but he did, but with a slight chippiness and a slight grumbliness that I would have absolutely expected. Yes. He is a competitor, if yeah, you're going to put it in kind so. words. So, yeah, so that's the news this week that we picked. Well, you know, there's been more news, but that's the stuff that I thought we should draw to people's attention. The other thing we ask people to do, and you can get in touch with us on this, is to get in touch if you've spotted a player mm. doing something particularly mundane. Don't be afraid to tell us because we want you to the spare more, no... The more mundane, the better. Yep. I mean, let's not forget, I said that I saw some academy players in a fiesta the other day yeah. outside Morrison's. So your bar is fucking unlimberably <laughs> low. So basically, um, yeah. The more boring, the better. We love it. Mm. Logan Black emails and says, When David Denton was still playing for Edinburgh, I had the pleasure of meeting him at 6am on the way into work in the city centre. At the time, Dave was taking out his bins. At the bottom of the stairs, he dropped some newspapers and let out an expletive. I decided not to speak to him, as he's clearly <laughs> not a morning person. <laughs> now, that is what I call an absolute peak player spotted do you know, report do you know where he's derelicted in the, his duty there though what's that because as we all know david denton is a man of interesting hair yes in a feathered and lethal kind of way <laughs> i want to know what state david denton's hair was in at six o'clock in the morning taking the bins out logan black Did... you know how to get in touch because you've already done it let us we know, wanna what... know. <laughs> yeah what is his bed hair like yes or had he immaculately sculpted it just to take the bins out or put it under a hat I, yeah i mean that's probably what it's going to be but part of me desperately wants him to have blow dried his own hair before he puts the bins out i played rugby with a lad who his nickname was fat gary barlow 
before <laughs> before Gary Barlow became fat. And he had a terrible comb forward as a comb over oh, into no. like a bowl cut. Like, like remember the the actor Chris Farley? Looks a bit like him. Oh, and, um, yeah, that's he, a bad haircut. Before we went out on the piss, he used to blow dry it to give it this no. a bit of volume. So every time after a game in the shower, he would have a baseball cap on because he'd obviously not managed to volumize the mop to, an, oh, to a classic God. level. So I think that maybe that either Denton's one of them or he's one of the ones who actually just crafts his hair before he goes to do any small job. I think, yeah, I'd like to think that he crafts his... He just looks the type, doesn't he? He does look the type, doesn't he? Yeah. He, um, yeah, he's so thank you, Logan Black. Does, Logan so Black. I say that to his face, but, you know. Logan Black, get in touch and let us know what was Dave Denton's hair like at 6 o'clock in the morning. We are genuinely interested, as I imagine the listeners are. If not, they're going, to be, they're going to be told oh. anyway. Um, but don't forget, you lot out there can also get in touch if you spotted a player at Blood and Mud or at Josh Gardner, or Lee at bloodandmud.com. Maybe you've seen uh, Jackson Ray struggling to choose between Pinot and Cabernet and All Bar 1, or something like that. Uh, yeah, almost certainly. That's definitely Are All Bar 1 still once. a thing? I've not um, been out much recently. Do they still <laughs> exist? They definitely still exist, yeah. Do Pitcher and Piano still exist? They were kind of like, you know, an early 2000s thing as well. Yes, and the Slug and Lettuce, don't forget. That does still exist. They just refitted the one in, in Chester. Well, <laughs> Bar Med, that was a 90s, 2000s thing. You don't see them anymore. No, you don't. What anyway, else have they got? What else do we not yeah. see anymore? I don't know. Bar Cubers, you don't see many of them anymore. Bar they were Cuba. a thing for a while. I don't remember them. They were like vaguely Latin. You things. know what you do see lots of, though? Weatherspoon. Oh, lots of them. Never ending. They're like the Saracens yeah. of the pub world. They really are. It's And they are incredibly bang average. But honestly... Solid breakfast. Solid breakfast. And you know, you know, the, yeah, let's leave that there. <laughs> let's not go where I know you were going to go with that. <laughs> <laughs> now, last week, if you remember, we talked about a strong and stable 15 for these strong and stable times. Exactly. And, and obviously, strong and stable 15 they were. It was were. a very strong and stable 15 with lots of nominations from Twitter. Thank you very much. This week, we've had specific request to say now you've done a strong and stable 15 i was about the coalition of chaos 15 I, which I is obviously name, by the way well because that's what we're going to have if we don't have a strong because that's that's the only yeah. choice put before the electorate apparently yeah it's strong and stable or coalition of chaos it shows how much i've totally disagreed disengaged rather with everything about this election that i didn't even know that Oh, yeah. That's that's yeah. what she kind of points at the bearded one saying. It's a coalition uh, okay. of chaos. So, anyway, coalition of yeah. chaos 15. Great. It is like a superhero team. Yeah. Or they sound a brilliant fun. sort of WWF group. Yeah. They, they sound like the Hardy Boys or the Legion of Doom. <laughs> yeah. Something led by Ric Flair. Yeah. Oh, I'm down with that. Anyway. NW, NWO versus the Coalition of Chaos. <laughs> yeah. We're all over it. Yeah. yeah so. The Coalition of Chaos 15, we've had lots of nominations from Twitter, thank you very much. I've thrown a couple in. Josh, you've probably got a couple. Yeah. Shall we go like we did last week with, um, in position-wise, we'll start with the props and go from there? Yeah, sounds good to me. Prop, Ellis Genge. Oh, he is quite a liability, actually, yeah. Yeah, social media liability, everything, off mm. the field, on the field. <laughs> kind of a likeable guy, but a liability. <laughs> yeah, I went Matt Stevens. Oh, yes. Yeah, oh, yes. <laughs> Liability in a different way. In all kinds of different ways, yeah. Yeah. And, and mainly because of the singing. Yeah. And the inexplicable ability to just turn up at top-flight rugby clubs with a massive beard. 
and carry on playing when everybody thought he'd retired about four years ago. Is he still playing for Toulon? I don't believe so. God, that was I don't weird. believe so. He also, his his performance on Celebrity X Factor of Smooth by Santana <laughs> and Rob goes down I've as not one of the... That. Honest, like, look it up if you haven't seen to. it, ladies and gentlemen. Him Brilliant. singing Smooth by Santana in a wow. horrible sort of PVC-looking leather jacket. Lovely. Oh, it's mean, good to see that ITV splurged on the full <laughs> actual leather jacket. Good. With like, oh, it's Maybe just it's awful. All of Maybe it is he awful. won't wear leather. Maybe that's the problem. Yeah, I definitely get the impression that Matt Stevens, cokehead and South African man, is 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 a vegetarian. That, I definitely get that impression. That man suckled on Bry <laughs> and built on. He's all about the fucking toffee, that lad. I'll bet you. <laughs> yeah. So Matt uh, Stevens, other prop. Rodney Ru was nominated from Twitter. Yes. Um, I I for some reason I remembered uh, what's his Dean Grayling. The Springbok prop, who the last thing he ever did in a South Africa shirt was get yellow carded, lost the game whenever it was in about 2011, and he never played for Springboks again after that. Good man. Yeah. Hookers wise? Hartley, obviously. Dylan Hartley. You had, yeah, I thought it was just more miserable. I had Gary Jenkins. He had a bit of chaos about him. Oh, he did have a lot of chaos about him, actually. <laughs> Not now, though. Now no. He's, now he, now no. he's, a, he's a disciple. Exactly. Goes around telling people what a naughty boy he was. And they definitely don't enjoy hearing it. Moving into the boiler house. Um, yes. Do you want to go with yours first? Danny Grewcock. Yeah, I had Danny Grewcock. It's and, just too obvious. It's too obvious. It? And Jim Hamilton. Oh, see, I had Derwin Jones. <laughs> that is a good one. See, Jim Hamilton and Danny Grewcock have been have been christened the Needless Yellow Twins. <laughs> that is fair. Whereas Derwin Jones was more of just a giant thug. <laughs> and looked kind of chaotic because yeah, he didn't look like his very, body parts should have should been a lot properly. better than he was given that he was about 6 foot 10 or something isn't he an agent now yes he represents basically all the players in Wales and I kind of guess that he does that by just standing outside their front door and intimidating them <laughs> until they sign with him because he's still fucking massive obviously he was a copper wasn't he at the time which is even more terrifying he was, yeah. he was wielding power outside can you, can you imagine Cardiff on a Saturday night and you look up from your whatever skullduggery that you're doing down fucking St. Mary Street and you look up and there is six foot ten of fucking Darwin Jones. I was coached by John Wakeford when I was down in Cardiff who had a couple of caps for Wales and he was a copper and he was six foot massive, like six foot nine. Yeah. And he was a copper who joined at like 16 and he was one of them. I oh, think he was them. about 42 when he coached me and he was about six months away from retirement on a full pension, you know. God. But he spent the last... Two years of his policing career. Bearing in mind he's six foot ten, as the moat as the um, push bike copper in Cardiff City Centre, they all have these moat these mountain yes. bikes, and he looked like a kind of like a flamingo on I a skateboard, sort of flying past. Genuinely, can imagine how hilarious. Did he still have that sort of weird like drill sergeant buzz cut thing that he had when he was a player? He did. Or he, was, he was more hilarious. of a kind of shabby type by then, uh. but he, he had a brilliant. When he used to give you a big pep talk at training, he used to basically point one, press one finger down onto the palm of his hand, like this, <laughs> and punctuate each word with "I am telling you now." He said, "Nice guys win, <laughs> fuck all." He was one of them kind of ones. <laughs> got a point. He has got a point. Yeah. Um, yeah so Hamilton, Grewcock, and you've got Derwin Jones. Fair enough. Into yeah. the back row, our friend uh, Carolishvili at Claremont. I had. 
Oh yeah. Uh, and where he, where, he, where he pushed Wayne but Adam Reese dominated this one as well. Where he pushed Wayne Barnes. Oh, absolutely. And then it had to be like sort of removed from the field because otherwise he was going to get sectioned under the mental health act probably. Yes. Uh, I had Trevor Brennan. Yes. How could I miss Trevor Brennan? <laughs> what a shout that is. Yeah. Yeah. Um and then uh, number 8, uh it could only be Chris Alafia, surely. Yes. One of the biggest liabilities I've ever seen in my. In fact, I vi- I vividly remember when he signed for the Scarlet, saying, "I bet he'll be banned for more weeks than he plays for them," and he was. <laughs> and um, Callum Clark's only nominated. Oh That'd yeah, a... well, well, I did think about that one actually. I just thought that's not chaos; that's just evil. It is just evil. Uh, number eight, Nick Williams. Somebody suggested. Yeah, but just because, like, he's just. He's kind of chaotic in the sense that he kind of is just a big fat old man now. And he kind of stumbles around rugby fields occasionally doing quite good things, but most of the time just generally acting like a sort of chubby old man. Yes. That's the forwards then. Yes. Backs-wise, oh, so lots more to choose from in the backs. Oh, the backs are way easier than the forwards. I could have picked about six for every position, but... <laughs> So scrum half, some of the nominations we've had, because I can't narrow it down to one. Here's some of the yeah. nominations we've had. Freddie Michelak. Obviously, yeah, that was mine. Mauro Bergamasco playing scrum half. <laughs> yes. Now that is probably peak chaos that right there. Actually, let's go home, that's the best one. <laughs> Matawalu. Yeah, Nick Phipps. Yes. Shambles of a man. <laughs> so yeah, so that's, that's some of the selections of scrum half. Outside half, Carlos Spencer. Yes, Quade Cooper. Quade Cooper. Thomas Castagnied. Yes, I actually had him at 12 because I had so many 10s that were shambolic. <laughs> Any I more 10s? To... Yeah. Any more 10s? Um, no? Right. Uh, well, Bruce Priestland, obviously. Bruce... <laughs> I'm bad about that. Oh, this, oh, chaos seems like too deliberate a word to put to him in some sort of way. <laughs> but it's what it is, chaos, because he doesn't know what's going yeah. on, does he? Bless him. No. Um. um 12 wingers. You... Oh, you're going 12s. I went for Thomas Castagnard as my... Uh, I had Nick DeLuca. Yeah, I was... 12. I, I, well, the reason that I didn't pick Nick DeLuca is because I had Marcus Tirolo as my 13. So. My 13, from a chaotic... Going back in time a bit, from a chaotic, but also brilliantly chaotic, Mark Ring. Oh, yeah, that was a great shout. Because you never knew he was going to turn up anyway. He could have been in the bookies. You know, who knows? Yeah. And he, com- <laughs> he comes out now just to, like, say horrible... Chaotic things as well. They're just wheeling yeah, about and around again. Disappears again. It's like, oh, Mark Rick, Mark Ring said something. <laughs> Mark Rick, what do you think about the state of it? I think they're all shit, and all of them are good enough. Thank you, Mark. <laughs> Thank you, Mark. And go back into the bookies now. Yeah. Um, so Nick Luke, Mark, Nick Luke, Mark Ring, Marcus Dirolo. Yeah. Yeah. Wingers. Um, wingers. Uh, Rupeni Kakao. Yes. A fabulous player. Liability. Also, just quite often, might not even turn up. No. Remember when he was picked for like the Pacific Islanders and didn't even bother coming from Argen to Wales to <laughs> and play? He, and when he does turn up, he you know he's about he's gonna a be, stone and a half overweight. Yeah, he's going to weigh like at least nineteen stone, and he's still probably going to be one of the best players on the pitch. Um, yeah. And my other wing was Dallin Armitage. Yes, a coalition of shithousery that would be, wouldn't it? Yeah, but he is a bit of a shambles. A conglomeration of shithousery that would have to be 15. But he is a shambles <laughs> as well, yeah. Um, what did I have on the wings? Simon Gagan. Oh, yeah. Mainly because he's chaotic running style. 
Mm. What was it Bill Chuckley McLean Williams said? in there as well. Yes. For running in an entirely biomechanically unsound way. <laughs> Your ergonomics are all over the place. <laughs> um, imagine what American football would make of him. Um, They'd have to remodel his entire running style, wouldn't they? (laughs) (laughs) They would beat the shit out of him. They would beat that out of him at about the age of 12, I think. Yeah. Rene Ranger? Uh, Yes, good shout. Wendell Saylor, somebody suggested. Kevin Heaney suggested Wendell Saylor. Also, we missed at the outside half, Craig Gower. Oh, But let's not go into that (laughs) too much. (laughs) What else um, have we got? Fullbacks. Fullback. What did I? Well, I've got, who have you got for fullbacks? I was struggling a bit. Well, I cheated a bit with this because I had to have him in there somewhere. Mm. Oh, well, Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. I, I cheated a bit as well. I had David Campesi. Yeah. He well, could play fullback, was. surely. Yeah, and was a bit of a shambles a lot of the time. And a brilliant you can ima- shambles. Yeah, and imagine him in interviews and stuff. Yeah, oh. The Black and Red have just been in touch on Twitter while we're recording this and suggested Jeff Cross is worth a shout for his Scotland debut. And that's, let, that's deeper cut than I'm... Yeah, but he's actually given an explanation. As Cross collects his 37th cup against Wales, his mind obviously goes back to the day he picked up his first at the same ground against the same opposition in 2009. Cross marked the occasion with a moment of lurid recklessness when he smashed into the airborne Wales fullback Lee Byrne. In one fell swoop, he managed to knock himself out, collect a yellow card, and pick up a serious knee injury for good measure. <laughs> I don't even remember that. I'd not that done a lot of tra- I'd not done a lot of training receiving high balls, he says Riley. I think there was that was enthusiasm and ambition over purpose and training. It's an, in an international environment you get punished for that, and I did. I think the lesson to take is that in a team game you have roles within your team. It's your job to be excellent at those roles, and if you execute, yeah, yeah, whatever. But basically, yeah, and your role isn't running after high balls, obviously. Yeah, Jeff. no, it is not being back receiving kicks. Or chasing them. So there you go. Somebody suggested that on the bench is uh, mm. James Hook. Oh, that's a bit harsh. Only because, I mean, but only because they, they did say that when he's ten minutes, when you've got ten minutes left and you need to win, you do need the Hook level of chaos, don't you? You do. I, I, I level with you. I went to watch Gloucester against Exeter on a Saturday afternoon, and it even though he's clearly his best days are behind him and even though he's playing a fullback it was a fucking joy to watch James Hook play the game (laughs) he passes the ball so beautifully he still runs such nice lines ah what a player so still still very orange as well yeah did he still have that big fend yeah that's never going anywhere is it the fend and the sort of glide into the space thing that he does. Yes. He's never going to not be able to do that. And he's also never going to not be able to throw interception passes when they're really... Oh, massively so. <laughs> <laughs> so that was the Coalition of Chaos 15 as best we could stab at it. Three few names in there. Thank you. Every, there were far too many to mention, but thank you everybody <laughs> who submitted some uh, nominations to that one, particularly uh, Black and Red there for that last one at yeah. the end. If you have a TV, you must have a TV licence. It's the law. Choose the convenient option and pay online, anytime, at tvlicence.ie. Your TV licence made easier. Brought to you by the Government of Ireland. Oh no, is it everywhere? 
No, sure, stay and sort that out. We can have dinner another time. Amazing. Whether it's cancelled plans... Aqua! Need to get in the kitchen and calm down. ...or the need for a quick, convenient distraction. Introducing Goodfellas Mini Pizzas. Four mini pizzas made with respect that cook in 11 minutes. Goodfellas Minis. Embrace the unexpected. And now we're going to move on to what did we learn at the weekend as the regular season drew to its incredibly inevitable end. Yeah, for all of the most, you know, it's going to be so exciting. So, I mean, it was quite an exciting day of rugby. There were lots of good games and lots of tries and etc. Yeah. etc. Et but everything kind of panned out the way everybody kind of expected. Did anything, like, I think only one thing really changed, didn't it? Like... Well, looking the at the tables, as we've left, you've got Munster, Leinster, Scarlet, Ospreys, top four. Mm-hmm. And in the uh, Pro 12, obviously. And in the Aviva Premiership, you've got Wasps, Exeter, Saracens. 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 Going over a bit Lancashire there. Saracens. Saracens. <laughs> and um, Saracens and Leicester, top four, which I think we all sort of expected, expected to happen, really. So I don't think anything changed, did it? No. Uh, well... The only thing that changed, I think, was what Munster ended up top. Top, in the yes, because well, of Le- yeah, because of what we're going to come on to, yeah, in a minute. Yeah. So, what did we learn from the weekend? Then I learned that I'm just, I'm, you know, I'm ready for the playoffs now. I learned that. Yeah. I think it's very hard to keep maintaining enthusiasm for a a, a season that's mostly over. Yeah, it's a bit boring. I mean, I the thing that I learned was that Leicester have sort of set a bit of a worrying precedent. Okay. They? Well, you like, can sack two coaches well, and still get in the playoffs. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure both Richard Cockerell and Aaron Major would say that you know they'd have got into the playoffs if they'd been left in charge. But the fact of the matter is that they sacked two coaches, won the Anglo Welsh Cup, and made it to the semi-finals of the Premiership. And with Worcester turning around their season by bringing in Gary Gold at Christmas, too, you've got to wonder if mid-season coach shacking is now worryingly going to become a thing. Um. It could have been better if Leicester had sunk like a stone, really, wouldn't it? It would have been, yeah. It either says a lot about them or a lot about. Them. I think it says more about the teams below them. I think it probably who couldn't does, consistently it? do anything, and Leicester just always have enough core stability. Yeah, to, to perform just a to really, a level, don't there's they? There's only so much. There's only so badly wrong it can go with players that have been drilled that heavily for that long, you know, in the Leicester way. And yeah. What I learned is that rumours of uh, Wasps' demise were very much overstated by us about seven days ago. Uh, see, because at the same time I learned, you know, say you finish top of the table, that don't impress me much, to quote <laughs> Shania Twain. Um, <laughs> Oof. Like, yeah, okay, they got the bonus point they need to hold off Exeter and secure top spot, but that Sarri's team basically, A, was missing everybody good. Yes. Um, B, they couldn't really be bothered. Nobody wanted to get injured the week before the Champions Cup final, do they? Um, and they were, you know, they were basically there and hanging on and looking like they could win it until, you know, the last 15, 20 minutes or something. Um, I did also learn that, uh, alloyed to that, is that Saracen's second 15 actually retained, unlike the first 15, retained some human features. Yes, very Features like ones. frailty and things like that. Yeah. I mean, to be honest with you, Munster as well. Like, they put 50 points on the ghost of Connor to, to sort of remind us that that fairy tale is well and truly over. <laughs> um, but, I mean, 
I mean, and you would be, you know, you'd be an idiot to say that neither Wasps or Exeter can win their leagues. Um, Wasps or Munster, rather, can win mm. the leagues. But I just, I'm not really convinced by either of them. More Wasps. Like, I think we all know that Saris are the best team in the Prem on the whole, I would say. Yes. But like, yeah, Wasps making hard work of putting their second team to bed doesn't really convince me anymore that they'll win in the grand final. It didn't feel like massive... It didn't feel like as much hard work to me watching it as you're making it out. I know it was quite tight towards the end, but Wasps seemed to be yeah, always yeah. going to win that game. Yeah. You like, could have said they should have, think... been, they should have been 20 points clear earlier, perhaps, yeah. but ultimately... They got and to they where still they got showed to. those signs of being slightly imprecise and slightly sort of inconsistent with it, and they didn't defend that brilliantly at times. And and Munster, on the other hand, like I, I just think they're running on fumes. It's like they're still a very good team, obviously, but their backline is very average. And if we're talking about them going into dogfight against, say, Leinster, who've got back row depth for fucking days. And ridiculous quality throughout that pack. I just think, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd still back Leinster, even if, you know, I'm I'm, ver- I'm very sure that Wasps are going to get to the final. I'm very sure that Munster are going to get to the mm. final. But I just don't, I'm not totally convinced that they're both going to win them. What I learned and was confirmed at the weekend is that Christian Wade is the new Tom Vandell. Oh, 100%. Loads of tries, same club. As Tom Ravan, I was at largely ignored by England. I'm assume I can only assume that Christian Wade has sort like farted in Eddie Jones's face in some ill-conceived jape. Caused that black eye. Oh, maybe that's it. Yeah, that, that it? <laughs> that's what it is. Maybe he he, he did a Manu Tuolangi on him. Yeah, that's the only thing that I could really think about because yeah, top scorer in the Premiership has been literally scoring tries for fun. And he's Can't more even than get a look in. He's more than somebody who's a quick runner in, runner inner of trials. No, he's a massively he? exciting. Like there are players in that squad who you could quite comfortably say are runner inners of tries, hmm. and he doesn't. He creates things. Um, like Tom Walter, yeah. who's a faller over of tries. <laughs> he didn't fall over on there. He didn't. I know he doesn't he play for wasps. I was just that just thought propped into my yeah, mind. No. Speaking of which, I'm still not very convinced by. Exeter either to be totally honest with you like um, obviously I got I got a chance to sit among a throng of racially insensitive rugby fans on Saturday afternoon with lots of war bonnets around yes there was a lot of them and a lot of chanting and all of my friends the tomahawk chop thing yeah who were not rugby fans and have never been to a premiership game in their lives were just like that's really racist isn't it <laughs> and I was like yeah although and the Gloucester fans dressed up as cowboys didn't help matters either, by the way. But uh, at least <laughs> it's like <laughs> a double whammy of questionable trait, representations of oh, two centuries yeah. ago. Yeah, um, I don't know. There's just something about them. Just like they're a very, very good team, obviously, but they just keep throwing interception tries and letting teams hang around. Like, yeah, another one, another one on Saturday. Like they've scored. They've thrown like seven in six games. That's a bad record. And they, they, I just. I uh, always about... thought they were going to win with a bonus point. I never thought they weren't because Gloucester are not very good. But they just kind of let them hang around and they made hard work But they've been doing that to every single team, which is weird because they've built themselves a lot on this kind of forward game. And then this year they seem to be scoring tries for fun, largely, but then can't yeah. defend anymore. But I do think... 
Weird, I was, I've been reflecting on this season. I'm quite, what I learned is I'm quite impressed with them really because, I mean, there's the whole thing about they haven't got a sugar daddy. They've not got a load of yeah. money behind it. They, they've built a kind of club there. And remember, they spent a large chunk of this season without Jack Knoll, Dave Ewers, Will Chudley, Mitch yeah. Lees, Julian Salvi. So actually, to, to, to just keep, they've not lost a game for fucking ages. And to keep winning, they've done really, really well. The trouble is, of course, is that next up, they've got Saracens. Yeah. Who are who are basically the, the rugby equivalent of Pete Sampras. <laughs> sort of like yes. massive. Saracens do very much play a baseline game. Yeah, massive, emotionless, unshakable. Just keep hitting at you. Until gigantic you eyebrows, you know, all of that. <laughs> Greek descent, yeah, no, no, maybe not completely, but yeah. I completely... I, 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 the only thing that I find dislikable about Exeter in any way is their branding. Everything else is they're massively it impressive. Really do, I'm not going to go into too much now, but it, it, I still can't understand how little sense it makes. <laughs> and why, you know, why... Leaving aside the whole questionable thing of it for a minute... Yeah. Because a lot of people say, well, that's bollocks and cultural appropriations and appropriations are nonsense invented by academics and all, all that. Now, I'm not saying I agree with that, but that's a point. Yeah. Even without all that, it doesn't make any fucking sense. Well, this is, uh, it was really interesting, actually, to like spend some time with some people. You know, none of them are. It was funny because one of them turned, somebody turned to one of my mates and went, Do you know anything about rugby? And they went, Nope. And and none of them do. They've never. They don't watch the Premiership. They've never been to a Premiership game. And they were genuinely sitting there, just slightly staggered, as to a why they would think that was okay in this day and age. And then b just yeah, like you say, why they did it in the first place. Like the first, it's like why are they called the chief? Like I was like, well, they were always called the Chiefs, and then they just decided to go down the. Native American route, and they was just like, "Well, why wouldn't you go down the Celtic route?" And it was like, "Yeah, that's yeah, the that's, thing. We've said it before, but it just doesn't kind of make any sense." Says. So everyone says now, "Why? Why? You know, there's there's a ready-made tribal ancestry ready for you to pick yeah. up all around you." It's, anyway, uh, anyway, it's, uh, do, yeah, do you know what else I learned from the weekend? Yeah. Oh, um, I've learned that um, Steve Tandy really <laughs> ought to be on borrowed time. Like, I'm not going to go into a massive rant, but like, I mean, a little part of me thinks that the Ospreys threw that game against the Scarlets on Saturday because they wanted to ensure that they weren't going to get instantly stuck with the Cuthbert Police on Cup again because <laughs> that would have just been annoying. Um, but yeah, the truth of it, Ospreys, best squad in Wales, team full of internationals and Lions, shite against the Scarlets, like, genuinely awful. And our friend was in touch on Twitter again. This week. Oh, oh, yes. Hello, Patrick James. Welcome back. We always love your input. He said, <laughs> shit for him. We're not going to shit yet, but we'll just say it anyway. The prospects of having to listen to more of Tandy's excuses after Munster violates the O's. Well, yeah, they're probably, Munster are probably going to put 50 on them. Let's not beat around a bush here. Um, <laughs> because if the Scarlets can put 40 on them, then Munster can sure as hell put 50. Um, and yeah, yes, the Ospreys were very, they were brilliant until about February. But they just completely collapsed after that. Like, since the Six Nations, they've been diabolical. They've won one game, and they've gone from being top of the Pro 12 and favourites to win the Challenge Cup to being dumped out of Europe at home against 14 men, and now barely scraping fourth. Like, 
Alan Wynne Jones getting injured shouldn't be a catalyst for just a complete collapse in form and any kind of semblance of leadership like that. And, you know, he's genuinely going to have to take responsibility for it at some point. But the truth is, if he wasn't a Welsh coach in Wales, he'd be sacked already. Mm. And I just think loyalty has gone a bit too far with him now because it's kind of the same old story and I don't feel like they're making any kind of progress. We shall see. Mm. What else did I learn for the weekend? I learned... I don't know. I learned, oh, now you show up, Northampton. <laughs> Last Can game of the season, up? he decides to get yourself a decent... And also, Luther Burrell, do you remember him? Luther yeah, Burrell. where did he come from? <laughs> Luther Burrell seems to be doing some kind of ridiculous impression of Tintin with his hair. <laughs> it's like a very off... Well, yeah, just a quiff yes. of, of an it's inexplicable a, quiff. Sort of, yeah, it's, it's what they would have called a Billy Wiz in my day. It would have been called a Billy Wiz, yeah. Yeah, it's, a, um, it's thicker than yeah, that, so more of a Tintin. Yeah, I'm sure we'll come to this, but um, the George North try and the Harry Mander little inside pot pass for it. Mm. Oh, oh, yes. I, I was watching the highlights of that, uh, and I, I genuinely did a little sort of. A noise, an involuntary noise. Slightly, yeah, an involuntary, slightly giddy schoolgirl kind of exhalation. (laughs) Because it's like, yes. A coquettish laugh. Oh, oh, that's offload. It was delicious. Yes. Um, Yeah. But yeah, where the hell have they been? Speaking of where the hell have they been, um, Edinburgh. Yes. Like, I mean, he might, I think. He's over, Cockerell's already having an impact, is what we because there's you know this. I think the black and red mentioned that Cockerell's picked the team for the last two games and the performance they put in to beat what Glasgow for at Scott's team for what over a decade, first time, something like that. Um, yeah, two things firstly, they're putting in effort, mm. and secondly, he's basically looking to make Edinburgh the Scottish Leicester, isn't he? And like, that can't be a bad chi- thing. No, but like chippy, narky, physical, win- aggressive. Winners. Yeah, well, I mean, they are still quite shit. And like if Glasgow weren't already on their holidays, you imagine that that no, would be ridiculously awful Long term, if he's going to make them into the Scottish Leicester, they'll be winners. <laughs> Massively, yeah. And almost like in an almost relentlessly miserable season for Edinburgh fans, like, I would imagine it does give them something quite positive so I reckon he's probably he's, he's probably picked the team and then put a massive poster of himself doing that starey face yeah. he does on yeah. the wall well, the last time, it's, it's no coincidence the last time that Edinburgh were any good was when they had another grumpy fucking English coach in charge which was Andy Robinson and that was also the last time Andy Robinson did anything good <laughs> um, yeah, so be afraid Richard Cockrell your eyes mm, may disappear mm. and you might end up coaching Le- Bristol badly yes that's all we've learned from the weekend Thank you, everybody. One thing we did also learn from the weekend to move on to finish off our weekend review is the latest update in the Shitwatch world, which is now, which and who would have thought this was coming, by the way, hashtag Leinster Shitwatch. I mean, it's times like this that I genuinely don't understand this whole thing that we've invented. (laughs) You're not meant to understand it. Everything no, is proceeding as the Cuthbert Police on Cup has foreseen. It is exactly. not for us to know these things. But, like, despite... So they said a relatively strong team to Ravenhill. Hmm. Um, and only well, just lost Ulster, as well. But as we all know, Ulster have never held the CPC for longer than a week. 
That is true. Day. Yes. Um, and yeah, they they did it. You know, Leinster were top of the league at that point, and Ulster were missing Rory Best, Ian Henderson, Jared Payne. Still did it. Um, it's it's one of the stupid and more absurd situations in the history of the CPC. Don't get me wrong. Of which um, there have been many, but yes, this is. Yeah. Um... Now we have a thing where not only one team clearly probably one of the four best teams in Europe, <laughs> um, but they are also holders of the Shipwatch title. Um, but yes, they'll be putting it up for grabs uh, in the semi-final in a fortnight's time. Yep. Against the Scarlets, which it's would a, uh, be a clean, potential for a clean sweep of uh, Welsh regions. It all, is a loser-takes-all mega-match, because whoever loses that game has got it for the summer. Yep, and it's, it's, it's all a bit stupid, really, because the Scarlets are a very good team, and Leinster are a very good team, but frankly, this is what the Cuthbert Police on Cup <laughs> does to rugby. It makes it stupid, and that's why you love it. <laughs> that's why you love it, that's why we love it. Just to yeah. give you the numbers... Leinster become the, I think, ninth team to put their hands on this trophy. Wow. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Yes, ninth team. They've had it for two days now since it was handed over to them. <laughs> They're going to have two it for at least days. at least another 10. Because yeah, that's that is the... the other thing. Because of the week off, they're going to have it for at least, yeah. And then there's a very real days. chance that Scarlets will have it for three and a half months. <laughs> Which, you know, to quote Warren Gatlin's stroke, Clint Eastwood, deserves got nothing to do with it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's not going to give me any kind of pleasure at all. So there you go. Uh, that's so that is the shit watch update the Cuthbert Police on Cup now sat with Leinster and we'll see what happens in the actual proper true end of season finale for it which is next I think it's lasted a week longer than last year because it wasn't a playoff team that got it but this is bonus CPC folks (laughs) I hope you realise this we might have to start charging a subscription fee for this (laughs) it's on pay-per-view so I actually did a preview on the I actually did a preview on the blog last last year of the of the CPC final. I've got to do it again, I think. Yeah. Before what we if move it's on, not to... the last game of the season because if. Oh yeah, no, it will be. It will be. It has to be because there's yeah, no more. No, Whoever loses right. that game yeah, doesn't yeah, play yeah. again. So that's a fair point. Ignore me. Moving on, then uh, we occasionally dip into the vaults of rugby reality TV, where we take where we have some ideas of rugby-related reality TV shows that we think could be made. Some of them are completely stupid. Some of them are genuinely good. What was the one you had last time? The family one, where two oh, families God. have to compete in something. I can't remember what you called it, but it was great. Anyway, uh, it was a brilliant yes, idea. It was basically it's a knockout, but for rugby families. So like the Fords like... and the Moriartys could all have like yes. a big fight with oh, each other. I, It'd be I, great. It's bothered me what that's called now. I'm gonna have to. Anyway, this Fine, week, continue. Yes, uh, Rugby ITV. We've had a couple of nominations from Twitter. Alvaro got in touch on Twitter, suggesting swallow dive in the Amazon. Right. Chris, Ash- Chris Ashton is left to survive in the rainforest. How long before he picks a fight with an ocelot or gouges the eyes of the chief of an indigenous tribe and is peppered with poison arrows? Slowly starving, he'll fail to catch or tackle anything approaching lunch size. Eventually, he'll drown, arguing with the river itself, choking on northern bile and brown Amazon water. <laughs> I mean, I, I'd watch that. I'd watch that. That could be like a real slow burner, like Better Call Saul or something. You could have a... Oh, massively so. <laughs> Hardly anything happening every week. Here's one. Escape from the AJ Bell. Oh. Teams from around the country compete as to who can get away from the Sale Stadium car park quickest at full time. <laughs> Which, let's be honest, is a fucking challenge and a half. Yes. I, I can't say I've ever actually 
experienced it. And, Don't I mean, go. You're miserable to... enough without seeing the AJ <laughs> Bell Stadium in real life. Josh got in touch on Twitter, not you, a different not one. Dancy93 on Twitter, who suggested a rugby reality TV show, Flying the Flag. Right. Fly halves from each home nation form a boy band to compete in Eurovision. Uh, I, I, I think Wales would win that. You reckon? Yeah. What, just because you're Welsh, that whole, like, you know, racial no, stereotypical just, assumption that Wales could sing? got the most boy bandy out life backs. Speaking of boy band, oh, in our oh, little oh, 90s conversation in the week, mm. I had no idea until it was pointed out by Fee Hunter. Was it Fee Hunter? Yes, it was Fee Hunter. Yeah. No, it wasn't Fee Hunter. It was somebody, anyway, whoever it was, it was it was Cammy Black from the Scottish Rugby blog, friend of the pod. Mm. And he said that I didn't realise Tom Evans was in a boy band. He, not only was he in a boy band, he was in a tragically unsuccessful yes, boy band. 24-7, they were called, where there was lots of fours and sevens instead of letters. And he played bass, weirdly. Did he play bass? He played oh, bass and that. sang in the video that I saw. It was a terrible, terrible, terrible thing. He played And he played bass with a plectrum, and it sort of like, it looked like he was strumming a rhythm guitar. I knew that was... Uh, that's why they see, failed. There, there is the textbook sign of somebody who may not be a natural bassist right there yes i've been forced to do this but when i really want to be a lead guitarist which let's yeah. be honest most bassists are apart from the good ones yeah so anyway i digress there but yes if you haven't seen it look up tom evans 24 7 band there's a video of them obviously oh, supporting some they're obviously in an arena as a support actor somebody much bigger and it's a horrible That's sort that. of aircraft hangar type sound going backwards and forwards it's not great, is it? Uh, last couple of rugby reality TV. I've got one. Kick, pass, run. Right. A dating show where players decide, the players have to decide which prospective partner they would like to kick, pass to, or run away from. Oh, I love it. It's like Snog, Marry, Avoid. But with, yeah, but with a rugby but with spin. A rugby, that's, rugby how you spin. Make, that's how you make successful TV these, these days. You <laughs> take a successful thing and you put a slightly contrived spin on it. Yes, and then finally, Reese not got in touch on Twitter and said a reality TV show pitch posh knobs. Wayne Barnes and James Haskell live in a bed sit in Croydon till next season. Oh, I'd watch that. I feel sorry for Wayne Barnes. I know he's not everybody's oh, favourite player, but can you imagine uh, favourite uh, ref even? But that wouldn't be much fun. Oh, I'd massively feel sorry for him, but I still fucking watch it. <laughs> in, in the in the finest traditions of all reality television, that would be absolutely appointment viewing. You could like make him live on benefits and stuff. Yes, just to like you know get the oh, tri- all the all better, the it? all the get reality TV indicators, Channel Five indicators on there. Yes, yeah, and then Ian Duncan Smith could come along and tell them that they'd be fine, um, and then rap apparently because that's what he does now. What? Apparently he did an Eminem rap this morning. I haven't watched it yet. I oh genuinely word. can't feel that man's face. Um, Rock Dynasty. That's what. That's I the one. It. Rock Dynasty, yes, it was great. Yes. Did you listen to a word I said to all of that? Or you just too busy looking for <laughs> Rock Dynasty. Uh, I refuse to answer that question on the ground. <laughs> Very good. Mm-hmm. So that's the end of Rugby reality, reality TV for this week. If you've got any suggestions for Rugby Reality TV ideas, then you can get in touch at Blood and Mud or at Josh Gardner or via email or however yes, you please. wish. You can you, know, you can shout if, you, if you're near to me. If you're in North Wales, I'm yeah. going to hear you. <laughs> there's um, not a lot of people up there so there's not I mean, no, quite quiet, no the, yeah it? the sound carries <laughs> so, yeah. 
Uh, right, so let's move on to and finish on the shit good ratings, shall As we? As is the way. As is the way. Shall we start with uh, shit? Yes, that is now, probably the logical place to start. Depends which way you want to look at this in terms of shit. It could be good, depends who you are. But Treviso have finished above Dragons in the Pro 12. It's fucking mad, isn't it? I mean, they've still not won. Like, it says a lot. With a level on 23 trip. points, to be fair. But even yeah. so, it's, I think it's but games won. So. Yeah, it is. Because Dragons have got more bonus points, but Treviso have actually won more games. Hence oh, the above. That's that's a sad state of affairs, isn't it? Yeah, Treviso have won five, Dragons have won four. Dragons have got seven bonus points, Treviso three, so that's how the points balance out, but obviously games one carries you above. Wow. Miserable. It's, it's, it's Especially given the Dragons, because they can't fucking organise their way out of a paper bag, were playing their final home game of the season, losing to the Blues at Caffili RFC, Caffili which by all accounts was a roaring success, by the way, but still... Come on, that could have been. That could still be the last game the Dragons ever play, and they played it in Caffili because they're that badly organised. <laughs> oh, it's also the fact they have to take it to Caffili, which is what about eight miles from Newport or something. Yeah, it's nowhere near it. But like, and it's also like I'd say Caffili's as much a sort of Cardiff catchment area as it is a fucking well, yeah, Dragons it is. one. Yeah. 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 Anyway. Yes, anyway, let's I think we can all say that this has been a fucking disaster of a year for the Dragons. Um as a microcosm it, of Welsh rugby, the Dragons remar- almost, you know, are a perfect little yeah. microcosm, aren't they? And remarkably, it might get worse somehow if they don't vote to whatever it is, to let the WIU take them over in a couple of weeks time, they won't exist. Um <laughs> What's this? Me. Hey, no, it could be worse. You could be facing that summer in that situation with the Cuthbert Police on Cup. So be fair. Does it? It could be worse. See, what have you got? Such... Cup will not pile in on you like that. That's why. That's why Zebra <laughs> that's... haven't got it. You look at Zebra; they're not making a fuss. They're almost certainly not going to exist next season, and they've just quietly gone to their deaths, like all good Monty Python esque. Plus, you know, they're Italian. Aren't they? They're just riding around on. Was it Eddie Izzard said riding around on scooters going ciao? Yeah, exactly. your, your rugby season, your rugby team's got out of business. Meh, ciao. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're all fascist now. Ciao. Yeah. Just have, have another seven espressos and then go and leer at some women. <laughs> Whoa! Oh, I see. It's it's not okay to wear a war bonnet, but we can completely besmirch an entire nation. I see. I'm. Kidding. We don't mind. Right, so. Colin McBride got in touch on Twitter and said that shit for him was Ruin Pienaar crying on television because of the Irish Rugby Football Union. I mean, that is true. He did definitely do that. (laughs) Simply because of the Irish Rugby Football Union. Yeah, he would happily still be playing for Ulster next season if not for them ruining his dreams. Yeah, but Cowling Rage, Cage, Super Cage man is going there, so that can't be a bad thing. What's shit for you? Um, shit for me, uh, in extension to me going to the Gloucester game on the weekend, um, Johnny May's try that never was, mm. where he mm-hmm. did that ridiculous one-handed dive in the air like Superman over the top of Jack Noel and dab the ball down 
just inside the line through a freak of genuine freakish athleticism. Um, but it wasn't a try because I think he might have knocked it on and somebody else knocked it on as well. But I didn't realise that at the time. I thought it was one of the greatest things I'd ever seen. And then it wasn't. And I was very sad about it. Nick Tailteller got in touch on Twitter at Blood and Mud and saying that shit for him. Telling us tales. He is telling a tale, but it's a true tale, this one. He said, the Lions squad get together today, which is full of excitement and exuberance for all. I also got some, you know, here's some rights free photographs to use. Isn't this exciting? Yeah. For something being, and I actually got an email last week saying, if you want a media pass for the player administration day. Everybody loves a bit of admin, don't they? <laughs> it is on. That's how to get you pumped up for the tour, isn't it? The first yeah. photo opportunity is at the Player Administration Day. That is a bad name for things. <laughs> I mean, what, just... why couldn't they have called it something like Familiarisation yeah. Day? That would have been bad enough, but at least it would have just sounded like they were getting together and having a chat. I was going to say, why could they just not call it something horrendously corporate and just call it like Squad Meetup Day? Squad introduction day or something yeah. like that. Squad get together. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking hell. Anyway. Anything um, shit other shits for me. Um, Reese Webb, who, speaking of lions, since he's been named a lion, has turned his dickhead dial all the way up to 11. <laughs> like, since Six Nations, he's been dog shit. Like, discipline, shit. Control of games, shit. General liabilityness, shit. Yeah, but he can. His hair's still perfect, though. Hair's still perfect, and he can plan his entire rugby life around uh, being a best man in one I mean, day. That is impressive. There's no getting away from that. Maybe that's why However, he's been terrible. It's, I've been a best man. It's a stressful, stressful thing. I know, but he's fucking finished with it now. He did it last week. <laughs> I mean, he's still that? drunk. Maybe he's had it off with the. Of maybe he's had it off with the bridesmaid, and he dump, he's feeling guilty. Maybe, or maybe as is the way with every best man that I've ever met, as soon as they finish being a best man, they get horrendously drunk. I tried that when I was a best man, but we mate had hired this marquee in a stately home, and and there was no, like, there was no project manager type person for the day. (laughs) All there was was the bloke who owned a stately home wandering around with his two Afghan hounds watching people. So I literally was getting questions even up to like half to that night from the DJ, like, do you know where the extension leads are? No. <laughs> I was just like, seriously? <laughs> My missus fucking lost it because she'd not seen me all night because I was fucking about having to deal with this shit. Anyway, you don't want to hear about my problems at Mark Cohen's wedding. Oh, I had a great yeah. time, actually. No, lay back on the sofa. Tell me about your mother. Um, <laughs> yeah, so anything else is shit from you? Uh, defending in general. Yeah, a lot of points this weekend, weren't not, they? Not yeah. record tries scored in the Premiership this season. Um, Ospreys in the Pro 12 secured a record number of bonus points. Um, and it does seem like improbable, ridiculous late-game comebacks are basically de rigueur in Super Rugby at the moment. So, I mean, it is all very entertaining. I'm not going to say that fuckloads of tries are not enjoyable, but it does beg the question, shouldn't somebody be stopping these? Yes. Well, somebody please think of the children. I do believe so. You know, it's like, you know, points are good. It's not a rugby that I, I want to engage with if it's like this all the time. Now, shall I don't we... mind them seeing, like, I'd like, I'm happy with the score shitloads of points, but at least make it look like they've earned it, you know? Shall we move on to good? Yeah, we probably should. Euro Jeff got in touch on Twitter saying that good, obviously. Yes, it is obvious as well, Jeff. Obviously, uh-huh. Thomas Young. Yeah, he's a lot. He's a lot faster than his dad, isn't he? He's a lot faster than his dad, and his dad made the point. 
I don't know where Thomas gets his... This is a quote. I don't know where Thomas gets his pays from. The milkman stopped delivering years ago. <laughs> Boom! That is a great line. Die Young is I mean, here all week. There is Also, let's not forget that he actually cracked a smile when uh, <laughs> he went over for his hat trick. I mean, what I phrase think, can you imagine them making Die Young smile? I think it was just wind. There may have been a little bit of that. It depends how diligent the pasty monkey man was being. As a... <laughs> Yes, oh, I do love the pasty monkey man and his massive beard. Mm. Anyway, I'm surprised you you didn't get your like little sting out there. To be honest with you, what's my little sting? Oh, oh yeah, it's gone now. It's yeah, gone it's too, t- twice in one. No, one week's it's too much. Life. It's too much. Yeah. People will be yeah. too giddy on the way to work. Exactly. But, yeah, it's too so also. Related to that, Tom Dare got in touch on Twitter and he said, uh, "Good is the strength and depth of Wales's back row options." Babyface yeah, wrecking boy Thomas Youngs needs two players to be out before he even gets a look in. Yeah, no, it is really quite impressive, isn't it? Um, but he should. This is an Englishman be... looking in, where we're basically trying to scrape together anybody who can play at seven. Yeah, well, thank God for you. You've now got Sam Underhill, who's going to solve all of your problems, oh. um, unless he gets injured, in which case he's, he's going to solve one particular problem for me in yeah. making that number seven <laughs> well, that English shirt unless his own. Unless he gets injured, in which case he, you are straight back to James <sighs> Haskell. Um, however. Yeah, I just think he's got to get at least a start on tour in the summer, surely. Like, fair play to Alice Jenkins, fair play to James Davis. Mm. He's fucking brilliant. He's one of the most exciting young Welsh players I've seen in ages. And uh, we're, we're spoiled and rich indeed if we can afford to ignore him. Can he play centre? I, I was just about, was just about <laughs> to say, surely it's time that somebody needs to play centre. That is Justin Chipperich. It is. Um, uh, yeah, so any good from you? Yes, uh, Geordie Barrett, and indeed the entire Barrett gene pool, apparently, because they're all fucking brilliant. Um, he's been brilliant at 15 for the Hurricanes this season. Um, he's starting to look like he might be better than his brother. Which yeah, Sean Flynn got in touch on Twitter and said a bonkers try from Geordie Barrett, surely staking an early good claim for the weekend. Yeah, well, it's, it like he's 20 years old. It's not only good, like, it's just silly and it's unfair. Like, and he's massive, isn't he? Because Bone's yeah. kind of a bit small. He's like a little... Yeah, no, he's He looks not... a bit like Arwell Thomas, but with obviously 5,000% more talent. Oh, massively. But... And yeah, Geordie is, like... It'd be inter- I reckon he might get a run out of centre at some point. But yeah, he's he's a tidy unit... And I, I just don't see how this is fair. Like nobody else has got one Barrett. This is and simply got, like, not fair. Three. I love that. That's a lovely reasoned response. This is not yeah. fair. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what the other two. I, the other two, like one's older and one's like. Yeah, one's one played for fucking... the Blues, didn't they? And one got injured. One got a HIA. Uh, oh yeah, problem. Kane is the one that got injured, and then you have got Scott, who played. Who's a lock for the Crusaders. Um, yeah. And he's six for six. So they're like, hey, the, like the Nevilles of rugby. Doing on the Barrett farm, Mr. Barrett, <laughs> whose name I don't know. Um, Kevin Smiley Barrett, according to Wikipedia. What, the dad? Yeah. Very smiley. He's got like seven kids. Was he any good? Um, <laughs> <laughs> His wife's not very smiley, I imagine. <laughs> Poor cow. In, in the words of Wikipedia, uh, Kevin Barrett was an uncompromising loose forward who played 167 times for Taranaki. Brilliant. 
So basically a fucking rock-hard bastard. Yes, and then he produces these sublimely talented yeah. craft machines. Go, go figure. Anyway. Anyway, yeah, he's yeah, so he's ridiculously good. should only be allowed to use one at a time. Andy Hunt on Twitter got in touch and said, good. And I find this hard to believe, but it must. I'm assuming it's true, Andy. I hope you're not tucking me up here. But he said, there are now more Gloucester players than Wasps players in the Lions squad. How on earth has that happened? And he said, I'm a Gloucester fan, and I still don't know how it's happened. <laughs> that does seem silly, doesn't it? So is that because like Laidlaw's in fundamental level, that is, yeah. There's two Gloucester players, and the only Wasp is Elliot Daly. <laughs> Oh, that's, that is quite... 10 out of 10 silly, that is. That is remarkable, isn't it? Yeah. That's CPC levels of... less. That's Leicester CPC shitwatch levels of silliness. That is actually, isn't it? I, I, there's not really a lot of sense. But but then you look at the Gloucester players that have been picked. I mean, what lunatic wouldn't pick Ross Moriarty to do anything? Like, put some shelves up, <laughs> go on the Lions tour, whatever. But and yeah, you know, you can't argue with Glacial Greg either because who the fuck else are you going to pick? It's true. I, did, I didn't. Davis, Danny Care. I didn't say much about Danny Care. Shaved his hair. Have you seen that? He has. It was almost like the reaction to that absurd situation last <laughs> week has kind of just forced his hand a little bit. Also, I have to say, in good, hats off to Sean Lamont for going full highlights yes. again. Yes. I d- can someone tell me? I I didn't get any confirmation of whether he wore the gloves or not. I've not if seen that either. Please let us know if you're at the game. And he's dead to me. <laughs> Oof, that's that that swung that door swung back quickly, didn't it? Like I'm uncompromising in my devotion to Sean Lamont only when he's wearing the orange gloves. Beyond that, dead to me. <laughs> uh, linked to the Gloucester thing and Laidlaw, Ian McGilp got in touch, and a few people have said this as well. Is that frankly that good this week is is brotherly love. And I think that, yes, because uh, yeah, Ben I mean, saying, look, you're going through a shit time, mate. I'm just going to stay here for the summer and make sure you're all right is um, yeah. a lovely... Well, you wouldn't expect people to do anything else, I think. Uh, yeah, but... on the one hand, yeah, of course, that's what you're going to do. Like, it's but that an... doesn't mean you shouldn't give her the credit it deserves. Cause yeah, it's, you it's can't imagine thing. the horrendousness of that, what's going on in that family at the moment. And But yeah, but, and, but you wouldn't surprise him to do it, but it's still a big gesture to go, you know what, yes. these things probably... Don't you know this is never going to happen for me again? I don't care. Indeed, and, yeah, yeah. But a massive credit to him. You end up and, saying uh, loads of really sickly shit that like family comes for and all that. Yeah, people that put on like inspirational pictures on on Facebook. It's because it's true. That's why things yeah. become cliches because yeah. we want them to be true, and when they are true, we like it. So yeah, definitely. fair dues to you, Tom uh, Ben Youngs, and you know all the best, Tom Youngs. Absolutely, and it's, his uh, uh, wife. Yeah, fucking Tom Young's equally, you know, still going to fucking work and yes. still being a leader and playing well for Leicester. You know, fuck me, I can't even imagine it. Um, no. Fair indeed. play to everybody there. So, horrible situation. I think showing the best of what we'd want the game to be, both of Absolutely. you. Absolutely. We can, you know, we can be as snarky as you like, but we're being genuine yeah. here. Uh, right then, Rhiannon on Garth Jones got in touch on Twitter saying that Scarlet's were very good. Yeah, Especially no Ken Owens, Rob Evans, also, John Davis, etc. Also, Steph Evans. Um, she did mention Steph Evans, baff- yeah. Bafflingly overlooked for the Pro 12 team of the season, despite being the top try scorer in the league. 
All which right. doesn't make any sense. No Ospreys in that team either, was there? Only one? No, but given how they played on Saturday afternoon, <laughs> you can sort of understand that. But, well, you were a bit yeah. upset about that Saturday morning, but obviously then you've changed your Well, I, I still think that it's slightly silly because they were there was some Edinburgh players in there. It's not as silly not as there being more Gloucester players in the Lions squad than there no, are. No, but it's getting there. But anyway, yeah. I mean, I, I think Steph Evans has been one of the finds of the season for the Scarlets and for Wales because it kind of like all the hype and excitement about Keelan Giles kind of let him go under the radar and just kind of get better yes. without having to have all the glare of... And unsurprisingly, I remain completely unconvinced about Keelan Giles, by the way. Talented <laughs> lad, but really, everybody well, calm the fuck down. Yeah, well, I, you know, I, I am convinced that Keelan Giles is going to be exceptionally good. But I'm not saying he's not, but... Yeah, but you can't go to a player who's 19 years old and has played six games. You're the new Shane Williams without there being some semblance of pressure being lumped on I definitely shoulders. think that Wales should do more of that, that, you know, you're the new X in this position because it's always worked really well to do that for Wales, yeah. hasn't it? And, not, and England are not are not bad at that either. We're not, no. It. It's, the, it's the, the 10 shirts in particular for Wales, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, look, you're like you're... the new... Uh... The hallowed ten shirt. Oh no. Anyway, right then. So, have you got anything else good over there? Uh, good. Um, England wingers in general. Johnny May scored a couple. Elliot Daly scored a lovely one. Um, yeah, they. they Christian uh, Wade broke the. Very good, Christian. Oh, he's Christian not. Wade, that, sorry, he's not an England winger, is he? Well, he's a one cap wonder at the moment, isn't it? Well, he hasn't oh, been capped in four years. Mental. First cap under Lancaster, then that would have been, would it? Yeah. Yep, and then he went on the Lions tour, and then... Oh, fucking hell, yeah. This, oh. yeah. It's all flooding back to me now. Unbelievable. <sighs> yes, it's very silly. Somebody did say, and I can't find a reference to it now, about, um, did you hear the Sunwolves player saying, fuck, very clearly, at getting yellow carded at the weekend? <laughs> I didn't hear that, but I appreciate it. Well, let's have a listen. Some Wolves guilty of collapsing the scrum for the second time. And Sam Wyke's not happy with that decision. No, he's not. <laughs> oh. oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. I came to the middle, though. Ah, oh, fuck. <laughs> you know, to be fair, very, though. Very Japanese. Um, he does. <laughs> yes, all the way. <laughs> Japanese all the way. Hmm. I, I do. I, one of my favourite things is swearing getting caught on pitch side mics because he was being very choppy with that ref. Actually, I'm surprised the ref well, didn't. He uh... Probably, he probably should have got another stern talking to for that. I would imagine. I'm terribly sorry for whoever brought that to my attention because I did have it written down here to reference who you were, but now I'm recording. I can't. I can't find it. I seem to have not put it where I thought it was. So I'm very sorry, and I will give you due credit on Twitter when I uh, find mm-hmm. it again. Anything else before we finish off? Uh, no, I think that's pretty much me, actually. Ooh, I'll tell you what, we are getting shorter and shorter. It's almost Good like Lord. we're getting jaded as the season drags on. <laughs> it's almost like, basically, the phony war is running a little long for us now. And we quite like it? something exciting to happen. So at least it's the fucking Champions Cup final next week. It's Champions Cup final next week, and we will probably have a preview episode for that later in the week. And then, of course, then we're building towards the playoffs. Oh, then yes. it's the small matter of um, some international tour that people have mentioned in something passing. Something like that, yeah. 
The administration is out of the way, and it's now time to get on with the big tour. <laughs> I don't know. In many ways, I feel like we've had the best bit. Well, yeah, exactly. They've filled in a few Who forms. doesn't love an admin day, though? Yeah. Look, if you don't fill this form in, you're not going to get paid. We've all been there. You started a new job recently. Did you get that one? Where some yes. stern person from some department comes down and says, if you don't fill this in today with the correct stuff, yes. you will not, not be getting paid. paid. Yes, I did. And then two weeks later, they came to me and like, can we have your bank details? <laughs> 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 Sounds like me. Uh, hey, yeah, I so got paid, I don't care. <laughs> thank you one and all, and we'll speak to you soon. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. Have a good one. 